The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the evolution of the influencer marketing channel. Joining us is Kate Talbot, who is a marketing consultant and Forbes contributor, and she was also the first ever woman to be on the MarTech Podcast. And today, Kate is going to tell us about the current state of influencer marketing. Okay, here's our interview with Kate Talbot, marketing consultant and Forbes contributor. Kate, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad I could pave the way for all the other women that are now on the MarTech podcast. You're a groundbreaker. And I (laughs) want to let you know that we've had lots of women on the show since you. And we also did Women in MarTech Week. And just yesterday, I was talking to Katie Miserani from Worthwhile Digital. And she was saying that we need to change our intro to have some female voices. So if you don't mind, at some point, I'd like to use your voice as part of our intro as well, since you're obviously a groundbreaker, but we are absolutely supporting as many women as we can with the MarTech podcast. It's great to hear from you again. Great. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be a supporter. Awesome. So last time we connected, we talked about how to use Snapchat as a marketing channel. And we were talking about marketing to millennials. One of the things that I've seen you doing is you've been very active on LinkedIn and some other channels. Just talk to me a little bit before we get into today's topic about the evolution of your business and what you're doing these days. Definitely. Well, the fun thing about Snapchat is that it definitely took a hit. And I think that what I love to do is always being on the forefront of what people are creating, how they're creating content and what's working in the social media space. So right now I'm still consulting, have a couple of clients, whether that's content marketing, strategy for social media, or doing panels or speaking at conferences. So I'm really just knowing what's on the forefront and really tapping into that and optimizing on it. So anything that's big right now, I really want to be chatting about. So if it's TikTok or it's influencers and entrepreneurship or it's females in the marketing space, that's really what drives my passion for working. So you have your finger on the pulse of what the cool kids are doing these days. Tell us old folks exactly what's new. Specifically, let's talk about influencer marketing. It seems like there's kind of a dynamic shift happening. I don't know if it's fully taken place, but give us an overview of what influencer marketing is first, how most people think about it, and talk about what's actually happening today. Well, I think influencer marketing has been around forever. 
now it's taking more space on the social channels. But back in the 50s, it was a Marilyn Monroe. And there's always been celebrities out there that people aspire to learn more about, follow, and just really idolize. But nowadays with social media, there's just so much more content being created and we're all on our mobile phones. So the whole influencer marketing ecosystem has really been driven by the social media evolution as well. So right now it's going to be a 20, I think in 2020, it'll be a $10 billion market because so many brands and startups and businesses are utilizing influencers, whether they have a thousand followers or millions of followers to really get their product to market and to leveraging influencers communities to really expand awareness and then drive conversion. So right now is where exciting stuff is happening. So that's kind of the idea of influencer marketing in 2019. So in 2020, it's going to be a $20 billion industry. And like 75% of that goes to people with the last name Jenner or Kardashian, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And a 10 billion just on the record. Oh, okay. So they're losing market share. They're only, <laughs> they're only bringing in, you know, 50% of the influencer market. But, you know, when I think of influencers and specifically we're talking about social media influencers, people that are creating their own content and sharing their life to try to not only showcase themselves, but to move products and talk about brands. I think of the Kardashians first, right? They're the biggest name in the influencer space. I'm going to call them macro influencers. How big of a marketing strategy are the people at the top, the Kardashians, the PewDiePies, the biggest influencers in the world? That is driving a lot of sales. They can have a Kardashian hold up a fit TT, and I'm sure the sales are out of the roof for that. The thing is that it's a, an investment because you're paying for $40,000 a tweet for a Kardashian to do. So that would be for really big brands. 40 G's a tweet? Mm -hmm. Tweets last for like five seconds. <laughs> I know. And we don't even know some of the other negotiations that they have with Instagram, especially since they have the highest social media followings out there. That seems pricey yeah. and obviously capital intensive. So I'm imagining that the people that are investing, I guess I should ask you, who are the type of companies that are investing in these macro influencers? Who's paying the Kardashians bills? It always has to be consumer products. They definitely work with people who are just happy to have a big celebrity like hold their products. So you could see something like, again, like Fit Tea or Smile Direct or any of these kinds of very beauty, fashion-based products. So that's really what you're going to be getting with the Kardashians because people will just buy. And then I think we'll talk about a little bit later, but how they're building their own brands as an influencer and creating their own products. But definitely the fashion brands and anything entertainment the Kardashians and Jenners are posting all the time. Are there any other influencers that are in that stratosphere in terms of the macro influencers? Yeah, I mean, I think you brought up like PewDiePie, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. You know, you have these also like young Gen Z millennial guys who are doing these zany tricks and like just creating constant content on YouTube and they have huge followings. And I know comparative to like my parents' generation and you think of it like the Beatles, but nowadays it's like the YouTubers are those huge celebrities. So I think that you look at the guys are doing a lot of content as well. So it's not just a Kardashian Jenner's. And also within like the urban markets, they've done an amazing job creating content as well. So it's not just beauty and fashion. You could be like comedy or it could be music or it could be new products in the marketplace. So other than visibility, what is the reason why brands are going to these macro influencers to get obviously high impression levels, but not long lasting impressions? A tweet doesn't last forever. Why would you pay 40 grand for it? What's the value people are getting out of this? 
Well, I think that's kind of why the evolution is changing because a lot of these companies were just like, okay, we need an influencer. Okay, they have 200,000 followers. Let's use them. It will be great. And they weren't seeing the conversion. They weren't seeing you know, that $200,000 change the needle. So I think that's why there's going to be more of a micro and nano influencer trend. And that's why that really blew up this year because these huge influencers were making a lot of money, but the brands weren't seeing the return on the investment. So I think that's kind of why this evolution is an exciting place for brands and startups alike. So maybe we buried the lead a little bit, but you mentioned the term micro and nano influencers. What does that mean? So I think within the influencer pyramid, you have the mega influencers like the Kardashian Jenners, and you have like the macro, which are probably like hundred or like five hundred thousand to a million, and then you have the people below that would be micro, and then one thousand to ten thousand would be nano. So you're kind of hitting those influencers that have really strong communities that really understand their audience, but they don't have millions of followers. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So what's the reason why a brand would reach out to other than not going to have to pay as much, the audience is going to be smaller? Is there any benefit to working with the below the macro level, the micro influencers and the nano influencers? Yeah, I think there's a lot of value. First off, they're cheaper. So that's really great. So then you don't just have one influencer. You could have 50 nano influencers for the price of one macro influencer. And then also, since they have smaller communities, they're really trusted. It's not like, do we really think that the Kardashians use SmileDirect or FitTe? Probably not. They're probably just hawking it for the money. And I think nowadays, consumers are pretty smart about what is ad-sponsored content. So with the micro and nano, it just was more genuine and like to use this term that comes up a lot, like more authentic. So I think that that is really a winning strategy for companies where they want to put their influencer marketing dollars. So talk to me about the pricing of working with the micro and the nano influencers. Usually, I mean, it's always going to vary, but it's a percentage of how many followers that you have and how important you are within the social media space. 
I'm assuming if it's $40,000 a tweet for a Kardashian and they're, how many followers do the Kardashians have? A Kardashian. Probably like Kim has 20 million combined. 20 million. And so now you're looking at 20,000. So you're taking off three orders of magnitude. So instead of it being $40,000, you're looking at like $400 a post. Am I doing the math right? Yeah. I mean, I know like I'm on one of the marketplaces and I'm only worth $10. So I you're am worth assuming. far more than $10. <laughs> But I think that that's a good thing to say, like a percentage of how many followers you have is probably like a very standard way of exchanging. And then also to just put out there, a lot of times it's also like an exchange of wearing the clothes and you get the clothes or you get the product itself. So there's so many different ways of doing it. You mentioned that there are marketplaces and that you were there to be an influencer for one of them. I'm assuming that it's not feasible to sign advertising or influencer relationship deals with each micro or nano influencer because who wants to go out and sign 100 people that all have 5,000 followers? That's just going to absolutely take your business down. Talk to me about the dynamics of these marketplace. How easy is it to distribute your product, get your content out there? What are some of the rules and regulations in place to protect brands? So I started to build some products, well, back in the day, and influencer marketing was like four years ago. But the way that I've seen it be done is that they kind of create like a Tinder, like the swiping capabilities so that they're able to put things that you want in. You know, you want a fashion influencer, you want them to have 2000 followers, you want them to be in the US. So you put your targeting out there and then they give you a bunch and then you can go and swipe through to find the right ones. And also they have account managers within these marketplaces as well, if you want to level up there. So I think that working with a marketplace is a really good opportunity because you're able to have them all in one place and filter through and then figure out what's the best for you. And you can see their pricing as well. Interesting. How much do you suggest brands invest to test an influencer marketing channel? I definitely would be extremely bullish on putting my product with influencers. I think nowadays that's what people care about and that's who they're following. I know Instagram just launched a partnership to be able to have some of their percentage from the influencers go to the brand. So definitely right now, if I were to launch a product, I would have a very strong influencer marketing budget as well as strategy. What's a strong influencer marketing budget? If I'm running an e-commerce product, am I putting five grand into testing a channel? Am I putting in 50? What's actually the amount of budget you have to put in to try to gauge whether you're going to be successful in these types of channels? I would definitely start with like a percentage of your marketing budget, maybe 30% because you definitely want to test if it's going to work. But I would definitely focus on Instagram and YouTube just because you can track things a lot better. And then I would kind of go from there. I'm not a fan of just throwing money at a situation, but I definitely think you need to test out. And then as you're seeing the results, put more and more money into them because some of the best D2C brands mid-level that I've seen have been so heavily targeted on influencer marketing just from the start. And they've been able to just grow without having you know a big brand name behind them or anything else. They've just used influencers. You mentioned D2C, direct to consumer. Are there other types of companies that are using influencer marketing? Are there any content companies or something that is not selling a physical product? Definitely. Um, well, one great thing that I've done with my time at Forbes is I interviewed the CMO, Michelle Peluso of IBM, and we are talking about influencer marketing within B2B. And we started off our conversation talking about JoJo. She's like a 15-year-old girl who wears a lot of bows and everybody under age 10 loves her. And we talked about the Kardashians. But we are also just chatting 
about how it's interesting that you would think of influencer marketing of JoJo and the Kardashians, but there's so many people within the B2B space that are using their influencing, their content creation to really humanize tech products that aren't really able to come to life. But when you have an influencer talking about them and creating a really great story, they're able to humanize the technology. Interesting. So B2B influencers is something that's on the rise. Are the channels the same? Are people still going through Twitter and Instagram? Or you know, are you getting influencers that are on LinkedIn and some of the other more professional networks? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think right now LinkedIn is having their moment. So if you had a B2B influencer that did a LinkedIn Live and talking about a product or a SaaS tool, I mean, I think that would be amazing. But also probably YouTube. There was a 13-year-old who loves IBM and he created a whole YouTube channel that's done really, really well about it. And then he did a TED Talk. So I think within B2B, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube are kind of the places to go. Instagram, not so much because I think that's more consumer focused. But I definitely am super excited about LinkedIn at the moment. And I think that there's an influencer creator marketplace there too. One thing I want to ask you is you mentioned that there are marketplaces. What are the names of some of the marketplaces that you've used, suggest? What are the brands that companies should lean towards to try to find their influencers? Definitely Captivate, C-A-P-T-I-V-8 is one. Heartbeat is another. That's a pure nano influencer agency. So those are two I've worked with. And then there's just like so many else out there, but I can definitely attest to the founders that work there and the content and tools and technology that they're building. I definitely support. Okay. Any last words about the evolution of influencers as a marketing channel? I just think that for people to know who are listening is that think about a creative mix of putting together influencers. Don't just focus on the big influencers. Think about the nano or the micro and how they can help spread your product. Okay, Kate, great to reconnect with you. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Kate Talbot, a marketing consultant and Forbes contributor for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Kate's going to tell us about how influencers are launching their own direct-to-consumer brands. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kate, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Kate Talbot 2 that's K-A-T-E-T-A-L-B-O-T, the number two, or you can visit her website, which is Kate Talbot Market. Marketing.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you could send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Kate Talbot, marketing consultant and Forbes contributor, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com slash newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. 
Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.